what is going on everybody it's just jimmy leonard here today on another podcast we're going to talk about a little bit of some stuff within playstation there was a lot of information that went on with playstation state of play as well as even going further into sports uh such as things that happened from the nba all-star game to currently what's going on now and other sports around the league and then of course some more throwing at you from the left and the right some more hip-hop history as we tribute this year for hip-hop turning 50 but we're going to begin today with playstation surprise (laughs) um playstation happened to drop out if you guys remember from last week's podcast um there was some hints about exactly some possible state of play that might have happened i didn't really get to see exactly when and where because again it was just a rumor uh we were thinking possibly it was going to be maybe next month maybe april at least probably March by at best because I mean it wouldn't be too far down the road from E3 in June but instead it happened to come out yesterday um they announced it a little bit some days before yesterday anyway and the state of play started around four o'clock and that was only just on Eastern Standard Time obviously do the math between Pacific Time and other regions around the world is to when that actually started for a lot of people um Within the state of play, I just happened to take a look at it. It was about like roughly like what forty-five minutes of um, of a showcase. Um, I think this, might, yeah, this probably was the first uh, for the year because I don't think they did anything in January. Not to my understanding, no, I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> um, but they have done a lot of stuff within this actual forty-five minute video, and it was a lot of games that was in here that was like you. I'm excited for right some games we pretty much already mentioned before um, but also they happen to showcase a lot within the PlayStation VR they kind of just started that off right off the bat was actually showcasing some of these games that was listed as we talked about it beforehand of how these games were being portrayed and how they were being announced so they looked pretty cool I mean it it did it it looked really dope because it was basically a showcase showing off games for the PS5 and for the VR so as the vr is pretty much coming out within this month it made sense so yeah (laughs) so they came out there and just like dumped a bunch of games on you you know they had games such as i mean like five games literally heading towards uh the vr um you had the foglands ps vr 2 uh you had green hell so those are games right there and i mean with foglands that was pretty much like in a sense like a first person shooting game you know it kind of almost like in a sense it's just like yeah it's, it's basically survival in a sense um and you know you're going off against skeletons and spiders and even more different types of enemies as i pretty much was seeing from that um actual gameplay and then from green hell you're talking about a survival game also is about a game there you know making your own type of campground and tools and whatnot as you were pretty much going against throughout the rainforest environment so imagine having that headset on there and you're actually be like, man, you can tell your peeps. Yeah, I went out to the forest. <laughs> I went out to the forest, um, you know, that weekend. You know, I may not have burned anything up, but, you know, I uh, virtually did. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was some pretty cool stuff in there as well. Um, and then it was a couple other games too. Um, the people with Tetris Effect developers, you know, they brought this game called Humanity. And when you look at it, you know, it's like, okay, you got this majestic white looking dog basically navigating, uh, believe it or not, a bunch of humans. And I mean a bunch. A bunch is probably the understatement of this word. I mean, you look at this trailer and it's just like, whoa, so many people in here, right? And it's like how how I first described it when I first looked at it, it reminded me of Pikmin. I swear. And I mean, you already had Olimar already, you know, navigating a bunch of Pikmin to kind of help him out and do other things around the area. Well, that's kind of like literally what this is happening here with humanity. Instead, the people are helping out this dog <laughs> to navigate around here. So, um, it's interesting. As well as they're, you know, creating levels and stuff like that around the, further around the world to play. And I'm like, this is pretty interesting. I mean, the whole mood of the whole game was pretty alluring that's for sure how i describe it something to pick up something totally different and if and the fact that this is also on the vr too i'm like that, that looks like a little fun right there i ain't gonna lie 
I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, you fight against other enemies and whatnot with the people and stuff. So that's that's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet indeed, indeed. Uh, Bungie happened to reveal Destiny 2 Lightfall. Um, it's coming out ahead of next week's launch. And um, yeah, I mean, we kind of really expected that anyway because it kind of was sort of, in a sense, getting announced pretty close right there. So yeah. Um, of course, everybody's still trying to figure out, you know, hey, <laughs> could we get a Destiny 3? I mean, the game's really old. I mean, but they're still working on this game still. Um, surprise, surprise. How about that? So who knows when they will decide to make Destiny 3. It's also the same question with Dragon Ball Xenoverse, right? They keep on making updates. I know they're just about wrapping up that game, but you think they wrapped up that game yeah, a long time ago, right? It's crazy. Uh, another story for another day for that. But my point is, is that they happen to show that off because the game's coming out February 28th. So be on the lookout for that as Bungie's making that game come out there as well. Um, Resident Evil 4, I think, was probably by far one of the biggest um, reveals of actually, you know, showing the gameplay of how it looked like for the game. Because we already knew about Resident Evil 4. Um, but the um, they, they confirmed the Return of the Mercenaries mode. And seeing that gameplay unfold and everything like that between Leon trying to go in through there and survive and, you know, all that stuff too. I mean, you know, that's, that's dope. I mean, even look at the boss fight with Jack. I mean, jeez. <laughs> I mean, the minecart section was pretty sweet too as well. So, yeah. And not to mention that we also get a special demo along the way to try out some of that stuff too. So that's going to be pretty sweet. Um... Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much one of the biggest announcements there. And then there was this game called Blair's Gate 3. Um, it's coming out on August 31st. So that's going to be on there for PS5 and PC. It's kind of just showing off a little bit of different classes um, and the combat that goes along with it as well. So that was interesting to see there too. Uh, Capcom also, on speaking of Resident Evil 4, they happen to show off three more characters for the... Um, for Street Fighter 6. Um, we probably have some leaks because you know this probably was a photo that was showed off with all the characters. But um, we happen to get the three characters of Zangief, Lily, and Cammy. Now with Zangief and Cammy, there are like basically veteran characters that's been through just about almost all of the Street Fighter character games. But Lily's brand new. But Zangief, I mean you look at him, he looking like an actual pro wrestler, right? I mean he ditched the whole speedo look and he's actually you know looking like an actual wrestler like kind of like king from tekken and pretty much doing the same exact moves that he always done and, you know just pulverize you he picks you up and just throws you in the air and then bring you down like a drill <laughs> so um you know he got he got a lot of grappling moves and whatnot too so it, it's kind of like the same game same zangief that we pretty much all seen and played throughout the years um lily however obviously she's a brand new character um and I, I i like the look it's in the in the her stage is pretty sweet too she got using using a lot of the uh wind effects too she got like these double um double blade i don't know if they're blades um uh, at first i thought they were boomerangs at first but um no they're actually kind of like these um uh, i guess you could say swords in a sense maybe but it's usually using a lot of acrobatic techniques which is pretty sweet pretty sweet if i do say so myself I, I i think she's gonna be pretty fun to play as in there i mean i can see a lot of a lot of big amount of aerial attacks coming her way from playing as her um and then there's cammy yeah then there was cammy <laughs> i know a lot of people were happy to see her back because i mean she definitely was one of the characters throughout the years too that did a lot of those acrobatic techniques and her moveset and everything. Her look is great. I mean, some of the movesets that she she done, if you pay attention to it, there was a movie back then, an animated movie for Street Fighter. And some of the moveset, like if you saw her when she, I think it might have been one of her specials. We don't know exactly if it's a level one, two, whatever. But there was a uh, special that had her pretty much going on top of the person's shoulder, like like a handstand, like, they're, like in gymnastics. Came behind them and basically need both her knees went into the other person's like kneecaps behind them and i was like Phew. i mean you you heard that crack you heard that <laughs> you heard that like the feel of that i'm like bruh 
She basically just broke your kneecaps backwards, bro. <laughs> I mean, sheesh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and of course, spell, uh, showed off our other special move too as well. And um, yeah, um, it's it's dope, dope look and everything too. And I think that pretty much confirmed all the characters for Street Fighter VI actually through everything that was listed up there too. So yeah, yeah. You know, so that's that's those those are pretty much all the characters. Obviously, people are gonna probably mention about the fact that you know, hey, where's Akuma at, or where's Rashid at, or you know, some other characters that we probably haven't seen yet. Maybe even Crimson Viper, maybe um, we haven't seen her in a minute. But um, you know, but we all know this game. <laughs> if you haven't been around the block lately, they're gonna have at least a lot of DLC of these characters. Um, you know the costumes is the same thing like you if you want to get camp cammy's classic costume you're probably gonna have to pay for it there's no way they're gonna have that for free they did the same thing with street fighter 5 <laughs> when they brought jury in their mix i was like oh man when are they gonna have her um um classic costume nope you had to pay for that one kuma was the same thing with the whole lion's look i was like dude that don't look right so <laughs> lucky for him he happened to have the classic look and i was like oh thank god <laughs> but again you had to pay for that so um so yeah, I'm curious. I'm very curious indeed, but I'm excited for the game. Um, I mean, between the characters they have from the jump, I mean, it that's it's it's pretty huge to say the least, and I'm excited for that um, a lot. So I'm I'm excited for it. Um, it's a it's a lot. I mean, you're talking about with Street Fighter, and then you're talking about I mean, geez, I'm mean, talking about one, two, four, eight, twelve, sixteen. 18 characters from the jump now of course granted that is still <laughs> what two more characters above the um the list that you had start off with with street fighter 5 but those, those are some solid starter characters i mean you got ryu luke kimberly guile chun lee jamie jury ken blanca dasim marissa manon dj e honda jp Zangief, Lily, and Cammy. So, you know, that that's pretty solid, solid, you know, start to the cast of characters that's coming in there, obviously. So, only we can just find out when we're going to get to see the other characters by no time soon, but later down the road, we'll see who will be the lucky characters that we get to acquire. Also, to Street Fighter, I mean, not Street Fighter, excuse me, um, some days back, um, they happened to show off for Tekken 8, um, some more gameplay with Kazuya Mishima. Yeah, I was kind of kind of dropped the eight ball on me for a little bit. I had to kind of catch up. I didn't realize how far back I was with that because they showed not only him, but they showed off Nina some days back, and I'm like, oh dang. And showing her gameplay as well. You guys can all check that out on YouTube or through their website. You can check their gameplay out. And in fact, especially definitely check out um, the 36 minute video of the gameplay. Um, mechanics because uh you know harada he literally spent the time to actually talk pretty much the entire time about how the game is going to be played and how different because it is it's honestly it's just from seeing that some of the features they have in this game is going to be really different than what they had in seven and obviously before that because to be honest with you tekken i love the series to death my first fighting game series is my fa favorite one of all time but it, from I want to say at least if not four or five and beyond without including Tekken Tag 2 um, You kind of were doing the same stuff seven obviously started adding like the whole rage art situation Where a lot of characters started pulling moves off like it was Street Fighter and they had their own special combos Of course that was first in, introduced back in Street Fighter cross Tekken if you ever played that game before Where because Tekken characters they really never did any of that stuff. It was just that you had the rage section of the bar when you get low on health and that just increases your power and everything like that and that's it you didn't have like the uh cool looking combos or whatnot so yeah but you know just to give you some hindsight you know they have like this heat mode section um he went in detail with that and he especially described the whole gameplay of of tekken 8 to be aggressive meaning in a sense that <laughs> it rewards you for being an aggressive fighter yeah it rewards you and he shows you exactly what he means by that because you can go on you know I mean, if you played any fighting game for years 
You can always just defend and well, run away, cowardly. <laughs> and, you know, try to generate health and all that jazz and stuff like that. Um, but that does not work. That does not fly in Tekken 8. And I'm like, I like that. <laughs> You're going to take your beat down like an adult. <laughs> so, um, but that, that to me, it looks pretty interesting. Because, again, when you look at games, even with Street Fighter 6, I mean, what, what that's bringing in a package is a lot of games or just different gameplays inside that game where um i guess you can say like they have the whole hub world right they have like i guess you can't say really it's a story mode but it is a hub world that you can develop one of your customized characters learn different moves it's kind of like what they did with xeniverse with dragon ball xeniverse you know two or one where you would train and whatnot underneath certain characters learn their abilities and just basically mesh abilities together right making your ultimate fire but it allows you to do free roaming things, do different mini games and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty cool. It has that element of street being put into this game. And I like it. I really do. Which they should add Sean, by the way, from Street Fighter 3. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't there from the get-go. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but there's a lot in store for both these games. I mean, both juggernauts. <laughs> both juggernaut fighting games has been on for a long time. I'm looking like they both are trying to make me broke. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that we'll see how that goes from there. But obviously it's a day one pickup for both. But um, of course we're taking eight though, because the thing about it is that we already know when you know Street Fighter three uh, six is coming out. But what we don't know is with Tekken eight because they just started kind of you know showing off a little bit more of the characters and whatnot. So we'll we'll see once we cross that bridge about that. Um, so, yeah, they were showing that off, so, you know, we all wish that, um, <laughs> June 2nd could come any faster to get this game, so, you know, my question is, because I, I gotta see, I don't know if they announced anything for Evo for the games, if I did, I forgot, and if they didn't, I'm curious of what they're gonna have in there, I wonder if they're gonna have Street Fighter 6, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they already have, of course, the Capcom Pro Tour, so that goes on every single year, basically. Um, but yeah, yeah. So definitely take a look at that if you're a fan of it, or if you never heard of it, and it's your first fighting game or playing Street Fighter Six. Check it out. Looks pretty dope. Um, moving on to the other game too that actually was um, sparking buzz too was Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. And we happen to get more uh, gameplay footage of how this game is going to be played. You know, of course, it was kind of announced really back around the Game Awards, around the, for the game and whatnot, and showing, you know, what this game kind of is about. It's like, oh, yeah, kill the Justice League. Oh, snap. And basically, you have Brainiac obviously taking control of, well, some of the Justice League and basically pinning them against the Suicide Squad. Because if you've seen any of the movies or read any of the comics, of the lore itself a suicide squad is basically a bunch of mercenaries that were arrested jail time and you know it's one of those things that hey you know the lady came by and said okay we're gonna put you guys as a team uh y'all don't probably like each other y'all probably don't know each other who cares um you're gonna go and help save the world um and if you do then you might get some award if not less sentence and whatnot <laughs> all things like that so if you've been following Suicide Squad like that, that's pretty much what it is. You know, you have Harley Quinn, you know, you have um, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, King Shark. So they're pretty much the four characters that you get to play with going through this journey to knock down all these, you know, mercenary, you know, enemies and whatnot that's being controlled with the Brainiac and whatnot too. So it's definitely using a lot of gameplay element, RPG type of service. Um, you can say and picture this as like something like with Spider-Man or Final Fantasy 7 Remake, which <laughs> emphasis on the Spider-Man part with Harley Quinn's gameplay because she has the grappling hook. And I kid, kid you not, it's like, yo, it's like you're playing Spider-Man. <laughs> you're flinging around the area and you're trying to see who's around the area. 
and stop them, all types of stuff. Um, but of course, she comes in there with her bag of tricks and you got Deadshot, who basically, obviously, is one of the deadliest assassins, and rightfully so, once you play as him, you know, you having all these different abilities that he can pretty much just shoot you right there from sniping's range. I'm looking like, dang, that's pretty sick. And then you have Captain Boomerang, who basically, how can I ever picture him as, like, Noctis from Final Fantasy 16, where this man could just literally just throw his boomerang all over the place and just be teleporting all over the place and with speed and whatnot. So he definitely has a lot of long-range attacks, too, but a lot of, like, distance fighting, too. Just like Deadshot, but even, you know, more in the, I guess you could say mid-range, maybe, to describe his gameplay a little bit. I mean, they all have, like, guns and whatnot, but they can also change into their own personal abilities, too. I think, like, King Shark, who basically is obviously the muscle of the group, who just basically come close in contact, you know, you're just gonna go in there. <laughs> I would say Hulk smash, but this is DC. You basically just go in there and just, you know, ground break the ground, come in there, basically grapple hook you, all, I mean, personal attacks, wrestling moves all over the place, just to destroy you, just like that, so... Um, the team happened to actually have a video and just describing how this whole gameplay even worked out and how this whole team went. In fact, we even saw some of the stuff, with, you know, we saw Flash being, you know, possessed with the whole Brainiac situation. Um, John Stewart. Yes. Green Lantern. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. And then there's Batman and then there's um, Superman. All four of them so far as we've seen have been underneath Brainiac's control. But not Wonder Woman. Because she was actually, she came in at the end and tried to actually stop Flash a little bit. I was like, interesting. I'm kind of curious. So she didn't get, you know, psychologically, you know, all that jazz with Brainiac? Interesting. Right? I mean, geez. I mean, you're talking to the whole entire Justice League. I was like, who else? I'm surprised Aquaman wasn't in there, but eh, who knows? <laughs> I mean, but if you've seen or know about the Justice League, whether it was through TV shows or the comics, there's a lot of people in Justice League. Hey, look on the bright side. At least it wasn't Damian Wayne, <laughs> Bruce's own son. I mean, that man's already a savage as it is, but imagine him being controlled. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> He is nothing like Bruce. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Imagine him <laughs> being controlled. But um, no, I'm, I'm excited to see what this game has in mind for, for it. Um, of course, they mentioned, of course, they're going to find even more playable characters. Um, I don't know if that means for people within the Suicide Squad, because clearly there's just them four. There's a couple other people missing, too. Um, or it could be other people, too. You don't know. Other Maybe other enemies outside the Suicide Squad. Who knows? But that should be interesting to see. Um, so it's definitely, a, you know, something to look at, too, as well um, for that game, too. So that, that was pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. I didn't mean miss anything. Oh, yeah, they had uh, I think this game called Chia. It's kind of like how I described it, and a lot of people would describe it. It's kind of like Wind Waker. You know, you got, like, this beach area. You're kind of exploring around the area and stuff like that. It launches for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium tiers on March 21st. So you can actually get this day one without having to purchase this. Again, if you have Premium Plus Extra and... Or, yeah, PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium. Obviously, if you have the extension, no. <laughs> so, um... Definitely show that off a little bit. Then there's this other game, too, which is interesting of a game it's called goodbye volcano high and it's like almost in a basically sense way it's like you got these prehistoric animals human-like quantity qualities of it you know you know it's like how sonic is pretty much a headshot but yeah he pretty much acts like a human he break dances and obviously speaks so i guess it's kind of like this in a sense but there i guess the whole twist of it the whole narrative of it was just like it's one of those games where you, um, it's like situational type of games. Like you have the storyline going on and then you have like these QTEs or these little pop-up button, um, messages come up making situational decisions, um, on how the story goes, I guess, I guess, as you're playing certain sections that like rhythmic, uh, gameplay type of thing, cause they are like a band, 
obviously. And they go to Volcano High, I guess. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting looking story, though. I, I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, the game comes out June 15th. So, yeah. So, it's an interesting twist behind there. So, I was like, okay. Then this one was a little bit of a shocker. Uh, Naruto Cross Baruto, Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections. Now, of course, there was some announcements, maybe some rumors trying to see about maybe having a Storm 5, if that was possible, because of course you have Baruto that's still going on because Baruto is continuing the story of Naruto, but obviously his son, and it's still going on since 2017. So, um, yeah. Um, but in this case here, it was nothing more than just a compilation of all the Storm games throughout the time. Um, pretty much as time as I was like younger and until the recent game of Storm 4 that came out some years back. Because you're talking Storm 1, 2, 3, and 4, right? Because Storm 1 had basically Naruto when he was a kid. That was like the entirety of Storm 1. And then Storm 2, 3, and 4 was literally Shippuden. <laughs> all of them in Shippuden. 2 was in the beginning where it came from basically, and I know this by heart because I played all of them. Uh, Storm 2 was basically uh, the beginning of Naruto Shippuden all the way until Pain when they went against the, you know, the Kazuki with Pain. Storm 3, in a general sense, was the start of the Great Ninja War, uh, especially when uh, Sasuke was going rogue after hearing the news about Itachi and all that stuff like that, and um, those battles, and they had that war, and then... Four came around and it was the finishing up the war from that game and then the confrontation between Naruto and Sasuke again through this entire journey so other than that they actually had them all combined together in this game so in terms of updates I mean because it's kind of weird because they had Naruto legacy Naruto storm legacy which kind of I thought did the same thing <laughs> had a combination of those games so it was kind of weird that they did this so yeah and then of course at the end i'm gonna hit you with a little bit of a jab because again if you play them all it's just like okay what's the point of this other than being on ps5 um they added two new characters the ones that showed naruto and sasuke how to use the six sage paths so i was like what as old as that game is they're gonna do this to us now my question is um Can this just be a separate DLC? Because <laughs> do I really want to pay for the entire collection that I already have? <laughs> and yes, sure, the majority of them are on PS3. Uh, actually, just about what, 1, 2, and 3, and then 4 was on PS4. <laughs> I mean, and if we're not, we're not even counting Naruto's, um, uh, Naruto Ultimate Storm Generations, that actually put them, like, put the younger Naruto and Naruto Putin Naruto together, and then you have Revolution. So you had about at least what? counting this correctly five games of naruto ultimate storm on ps3 i don't know I i'll think and meditate on that but for the most part that is uh i guess something to look for if you did not own any of these games you can look at that and check that out too that's up online as well um then they showed off i guess the digital extreme airship syndicates wayfinder so that is uh, an RPG game, so that you can look at that too as well. The gameplay looks pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty cool customizations and everything that's showing off the combat. And I think in a summary of that all, that was the entirety of the PlayStation State of Play. So it's, it wasn't bad. Like I said, they showed off a good chunk of stuff about gameplay-wise of the VR too. Uh, a lot of these games that we knew of and also new ones we never heard of before and they showed them off and uh, yeah it was pretty sick pretty sick indeed so I, I enjoyed what I was watching um, this this that that's a lot of games to look forward to as well if they haven't already been coming out so yeah I'm gonna have a lot of uh, games stacked up on my pile if I haven't already <laughs> But anyway, up next, we're going to talk about some sports and talk about what happened in the All-Star Weekend as well as what's going to happen now within the next couple of days with these games. So stay tuned.
and we're back so now on to the next thing which is the sports section uh we're talking about a little bit with the nba all-star weekend that happened last week again <laughs> uh friday the celebrity all-star game that was pretty cool i mean uh by far if anybody who had the biggest shine up there was D dk Metcalf. i mean probably should have heard my sister was out there basically yeah 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 vote 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 because i mean he was out there just breaking it down all these dunks i'm like, the man's already an athlete already in football and you know he already did the olympic trials but this man came out here and was like nah fam i'm gonna come in here and shine on him dunk on him make you a poster <laughs> um and he did he came in there and was just dunking on him i was like this man but uh he actually happened to win the uh, mvp of that night so it wasn't really a surprise with that um but it was pretty it was pretty cool it was a pretty cool game and whatnot too um again this all-star game was actually at utah salt lake city um yeah i know that people were saying some like you know mixed reviews on you know the whole thing with being over there because i was hearing like Shaq and charles i think a lot of us can hear that from their perspective that he was like oh yeah there was nothing to do you know it was like that was the most amount of room service i could have ever consumed because there was nothing to do <laughs> i was like really i mean like the bars the clubs i mean it's all-star weekend you ain't tell me no one got lit and i mean not saying no one didn't it's like you barely couldn't i'm like that's quite interesting that's pretty bad <laughs> you know you would think like before you have the festivities over there you just check around the area and stuff and all that jazz i'm like dang no pun intended <laughs> but dang so yeah that's uh interesting but they say hey, cool yeah carlin malone and uh, john stockton out there so that was pretty sweet um but um going into saturday they happen to have the um you know they have like the nba and hbcu game of grambling and southern southern university which that was a tense game i mean they went into overtime that it was it was a great game going between the two because you know they had to know the rivalry back then and still is big rivalry between the two uh so that was a pretty good game to have up there too so grambling happened to take that win there and um they were showing off things i think they had like a music contest between wiz khalifa and bb rexa i mean that was pretty cool i mean i think they only played like one song but it was basically like who can get the crowd the hypest it was cool. No lie, I could just probably listen to it on my iPhone and just, you know, get a bunch of people, hey guys, let's all sing it, you know, together, you know. I don't know. It was something cool, I guess. I it was something. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was interesting. Um, and then we got on to the real festivities. And it was to the fact that, um, you know, you had the skills challenge, the three-point contest, and the slam dunk contest. The skills challenge, in my opinion, needs to get amped up a little bit because, um, I mean, all three teams were kind of struggling. I mean, you had Team Giannis, you had Team Rookies, and you had Team Utah Jazz. And the Utah Jazz team happened to win. I mean, Sexton was actually helping them a little bit towards the end, especially with, um, with the shots making because, like, Jordan Clarkson, I was like, bruh. <laughs> like a lot of them were just bricking and i was like dude the team rookies i was like i don't know what they were doing i don't know it was rough it was rough for sure so hopefully they might reamp that a little bit um we'll see how that goes um and then we went on to three-point contest there was a lot of stuff that happened in there too um i mean damian lillard happened to win it all in there too i mean this man is uh, dropping dimes it's dame time which y'all know <laughs> and um he was going against a uh, buddy hill too which buddy hill he happened to win it some time back and uh you know because he's one of the big three-point shooters in the league too um i think they had put in who else they put in julius randall in there unfortunately they didn't make it that far hero tyler hero from the miami heat um Uh, I forgot uh, old dude's name. Um, but I think he was for the was it Lori? I believe it was for uh, Utah Jazz. But he didn't he didn't list last that long there too. Uh, who else was it Jason? Tate? Oh yeah, Jason Tatum was in there too. Uh, but got out. I um, mean, it was the old dude 
from the Pacers who had like scored like 31 points. <laughs> and that was in the first round, but I guess it's one of those things when you were the leading score, you go last and it's like you're sitting there waiting and you become cold. And I was like, dang. It's like it's not how you it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And that's what happened with Damian Lillard there. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And then there was the slam dunk contest, which probably had a lot of controversy going around it because of what happened last year. As we all stated for the fact that that was probably one of the worst slam dunk contests we I ever remember, and I think a lot of us can remember. Not to mention this slam dunk contest was on the 70, 75th anniversary year. So <laughs> good way to remember that year by that slam dunk contest because it was bad. So obviously they made some changes. They obviously added some stuff in there. And, um, yeah, it was almost to a point where, like, they won't judge you on, like, your... Well, you have, I think it was three attempts, and you obviously go underneath a certain time limit. Because I think in the past, especially last year, they didn't have a time limit at all, which made it rough. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, because it did. It felt, this felt a lot quicker than last year. It felt like we were there for about at least two hours. It was just, like, an eternity just to get a dunk in. That's how it felt last year. I just, I was like, dude, what the, what in the world? And the thing about it was that in here, they won't judge you by the, like, if you mess up your first attempt or your second or your third, they're going to judge you based on that dunk specifically. So even if you didn't get it the first time, that's what they base it off of it. So, um, you know, you had Kenny Martin Jr. You had Kenny Martin's son, basically. That was his son. Who was in there? I mean, he did some pretty okay dunks there too, as well. You know what I'm saying? He did some aight um, dunks. So um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting nonetheless. I mean, you know, um, you had a dude from the Knicks. Yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. You had the dude from the Knicks, and um, he he kind of did like this like two hand dunk into the hoop and then came back with a second dunk and just tried to do the same dunk but with one hand inside the hoop. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> I didn't, it didn't get me out of my seat. I just store, I just stared at it. It was just like, uh, that dunk, you kind of just already did that dunk. You just did it with one hand instead of just two. You know, people say, oh, no, no, look, look at the height jump. Look at the height jump. I mean, I guess. But if you look at it from television, heck, if you look at it, if you're in a stadium and you look from a distance, you look at that and it's like, it's just a basic dunk. <laughs> it's just a basic dunk. It was Jericho Sims. Uh, so, yeah. And you had Trey Murphy from the Pelicans. And he, um, he, he was honestly very consistent with his dunks. Um, they were pretty cool, too, as well. Um, I mean, it was a tight race because, you know, dude, Mac McClung. And let me tell y'all, he from VA, I told y'all, we're a different breed. We're not the same. We're different. We are different. Now, he ain't from this general area, per se. You know what I'm saying? He uh, he a little bit up, up on the top end of Virginia. But, um, you know, because also he played over there, you know, same school he went to because uh, he went to Gate City, Virginia. But he went to the same school with um, with Georgetown Georgetown University. But he also played with Texas Tech. Um, so that was afterwards when he left from George uh, Georgetown University, same school that Allen Iverson went. But he also himself, Matt McClung, I think broke a record. I believe I don't know if it was like the scoring or something like that within Virginia. I was like, dang. <laughs> but it was also a coincidence, right? This man went to Georgetown University, right? He's from Virginia. Went to Georgetown University, Allen Iverson. Then, of course, throughout the time frame, obviously you can tell right now that he's kind of, you know, um, he he's been he's been in the league for a minute. I mean, he's just been bouncing around between different teams and G League because that's where he came from originally. Was from the G League that he was in um, with Delaware Blue Coats, but yet he got picked up from the 76ers. How about that, right? I've been seeing Julius Irving give him, Dr. J himself, give him that trophy as a 76ers. That's something right there, right? That is that is something. <laughs> that 
that is that is something right there so i was looking like but this man going back to him i mean the dunks i'm like bruh them dunks that man had hop and the dunks were so good and phew, i mean it was blowing everybody out of their seats i mean it was to the point because I'm, I'm gonna keep it real i didn't I didn't have him on my radar because again he was I think the only one that came from the uh, G League like that and not a lot of people kind of knew about him right I was like okay who's, who's he I never, I, don't, I never heard of him in my life now you know because <laughs> I was looking like hey yo because he did the whole two like over two people dunk and I was like oh snap uh oh <laughs> I was like yo uh, he got my attention I was like okay all right all right, and then he kept going with the other dunks, and they were all 50s. He did not mess up not a single dunk. No, actually, I tell that back, they weren't all 50s. <sighs> Thanks to Lisa Leslie. <laughs> she, she said it was she said it was this close. I'm like, no, Lisa, no. <laughs> I think I think that score, I think gave him like what I think it was a 49.2, I think. Something like that, but it wasn't a perfect 50 that time. I don't know why. I was like, dang, Lisa. She wasn't impressed with that one. That one dunk, I guess she saw. I was like, dang. But everything else, like he didn't, he didn't mess up not a single dunk. That was the biggest thing about it. Which was also, I mean, there was maybe a couple mess ups in there a little bit, especially on the Kenyon Martin side because he was trying to like throw the ball up and whatnot. But you know, it was better, way better. I mean, it basically came back the slam dunk contest thanks to him. And they were saying, you know, he was saying, you know. If you like, if you guys want me to come back, I'll, I will come back. I'm like, bruh, you can come back every year if you want to. <laughs> Keep on dunking like that. And he does this. I mean, he's so many, he has so many different dunks. If you look up the different dunks this man pulled out. So I was happy about that. But you already know why we were already happy about it, too. Because it's VA. It's already VA. You already know this. You already know this. Come on now. <laughs> but um, he, uh, it, it was good. It was, a, it was a good watch, you know, you know, you didn't leave like drained because it was like, bro, what are they going to get dunked with the dunk? <laughs> no, they actually have some creative dunks. Some, not all of them, obviously, uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, you had him in there and uh, yeah, that's, sheesh. I mean, that, that last dunk, this man did like that. It's over. Kind of like what Vince Carter did. And I think he said he looked up to Vince Carter when he did his dunks. Uh, like Zach Levine too as well and ever all of them. Um, I was like, yo, it's crazy. It's crazy. So he, he definitely well known there. Going over the 76ers. I mean, if it'd be it'd be pretty bad if it'd be like two things. One, you don't have him there long because I think he was like I think on a 10-day contract, if I'm not mistaken. But it'd be pretty bad if you didn't have him like there for a long period of time. Cause I'm looking like, bruh, his status just went way through the roof after what he just did. And he'd be like, nah, nah, he's on a 10-day contract. You you get a lot of people mad about that. <laughs> and not to mention the second thing is playing time, right? Um Man got hops. I mean, I just haven't seen something like that, especially with his height like that, since like Nate Robinson. I mean, obviously he's a little bit taller than Nate, but I remember when Nate Robinson was doing that dunk contest, I was like, dude, that is insane. And it, it was cool. It was cool. And put the whole staple on the white man can't jump, huh? <laughs> that right there, that that's a, that's a story right there. <laughs> that's a story for sure. A story. A story right there. You might have to take out Jack Harlow and put uh, Mac McClung in that one. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I mean, everybody was asking around him about it, so it was it was dope. It was dope. I mean, it was like one of those things that you will be replaying that for a while. So, you know, I'm good and happy for him for that. So, but yeah, that was a slam dunk contest. Now, of course, we get to the All Star Game. Um. It was mid. It was it was mid tier. I mean, if you want to ask me, really, I mean, we all know for years. If you've been paying attention, we talked about this last year with the last year's All Star Game too. I'm not saying that. I mean, that one had maybe a, like a tad bit more defense, but I understand 
if you come from the player's perspective, it, it, it's like different both ways. They don't want to injure themselves, even though there were injuries. I mean, LeBron James hurt his hand after, I think, doing one of the dunks, if not doing something out there. So there was an injury because when he came back into the third, after the half, going into the third quarter, he's like, oh, yeah, LeBron James had to sit down because he got hurt. I'm like, oh, man. I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, I'm pretty sure that somebody might have injured himself during an All-Star game, but I haven't seen it at all. I don't think it's recollection ever anybody injured themselves during an all-star game man it kind of slightly happened none too serious but you know but it was to the point that he had to sit out i mean Giannis, he only played for what what less than like it felt like 10 seconds and then he had to sit out because he still had the hurt hand and i get it you know <laughs> one your coach is out there and he ain't trying to be like oh hey yeah we have to sit down <laughs> we ain't trying to get you injured <laughs> Uh, so, you know, and that's just one of those things with the, with the All-Star game. I mean, you have your All-Stars out there being, you know, playing out there, doing some shots, doing some dunks that they definitely know they can't do during the game. Um, some other moves and whatnot. And it's just, just, you know, pick up and play, you know, showing your talents without hurting yourself. That's about it. Having said all that, they got to be defense. I mean, the only bit of defense I've probably ever seen was basically where it was Jalen Brown and... Uh, Jason Tatum, they were doing a one-on-one match. I was like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> no, that was pretty dope. But uh, there wasn't much. I mean, Jason Tatum, speaking of which, I mean, he was just dropping dimes. I think he had like 40, 50, 51 points in there. I think it was the biggest amount of scores in, I think, NBA All-Star Game history, I believe. So, but that goes to show you how much defense they did not do. Even for the towards the end. Because they did it before when they added, like, added the scores together and then you had to get to a certain period because they took off the clock and everything except for the shot clock and stuff and they just let them play and they had a little bit more defense and whatnot to them and i was like okay made it interesting but nah it was it was mid to me that's about all i can say other than tim's and burner boy going out there and doing their thing on the halftime show yeah yeah Shout out to Africa. But, um... But, outside of that, that's, that was kind of about it, really. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all I can say. Oh, and off, I also forgot his name. It was Tyrese Halberton who was in there. He was the three-point contest shooter and also was in the All-Star game too. But even still, like, it just, it was, like I said, it was mid. That's all I can say about that entire, um, that game, you know. I don't know what they may do differently next time. I mean, people were saying, oh, they should go back to the West and East versus, West versus East. And I'm looking like, I don't know. Yikes! That's that's a lot of. I mean, growing up, the West has always been dominant. East had their fair shares of winning some, but it was more or less on the West. And how it is now, I mean, the competition-wise in terms of the Western Conference, it's it's the West. I mean, the East so far, all I can say is at best the uh, Celtics and the Bucks. The 76ers may make a move a little bit, but outside of that. It's just the battle in the West, right? KD just went back to the West, and then Kyrie just made a, you know, his venture over there. So I don't know. Um, that West is, uh, yeah, it could be anybody's game. But if they did do that, bruh, <laughs> that's a, that's domination right there. On top of that, that's a, that's insane. Um, yeah. That's all I can say. That's it's, it's insane. But in terms of the picks, though, I will give them that. Um, it was pretty cool seeing that live, you know, going back and forth. I mean, was it Jared Jackson Jr. who got picked last? But I was like, bruh. I mean, after seeing that game yesterday against the 76ers and Grizzlies, even though the Grizzlies did lose, he was he was doing block party out here. I mean, even against Joel Embiid. Like I said, Jared Jackson, that's a force to be reckoned with right there. You see why he was... Um, was an all-star there, but he got picked last for the reserves, and then was it uh, Laurie? He uh, he got um, he was the he was but basically the host player in there for the Utah Jazz and got picked last. I was like, dang, 
So even Giannis messed up a little bit because he thought that John Moran was on the reserves. I'm like, bro, you didn't update your list. <laughs> he just said, I'm, I'm, I made my list. I ain't gonna look back at it. And I'm like, it goes to show you didn't not look at the news at all. Like the players that they were being moved and who was getting moved up. Like John Morant went from reserves to starters. So I'm like, what did you, what did you do? <laughs> he ended up still getting them anyway. And I was, it was funny because he got Damian Lillard first and then he got <laughs> Drew Holiday. I was weak. I was like, dang, you would think you'd go for Drew Holiday, but he probably do LeBron would have went for Damian Lillard first. I was like, I, under, I understand the move set. It hurts, but, you know, eh, you know, he still was able to get his, you know, his, his partner in crime in there. So, you know, why not? But it, that was pretty cool. Um, that was pretty cool, situation-wise. So, but that's that's all what happened in the festivities of the All-Star Weekend. Now, moving on to current games. I know tonight we got some games going on. We got the Knicks and the Wizards. Uh, of course, you know, I'm going with my Knicks all day. Uh, we also got a little bit of some other games going on. We got the Cavs and the Hawks. I give that to the Cavs. Then you got the Heat and the Bucks. I said the Bucks for that one. Um, that's at 7.30. Nets and the Bulls. 8 o'clock, which, shout out to the Nets. They're, they're honestly, even losing the players with KD and Kyrie, they're still holding their ground to a degree. I, I give them credit. You got the Hornets and the Timberwolves. Uh, I'll maybe say Timberwolves, maybe. Thunder and the Suns. Suns. Um, Rockets and Warriors. Give that to the Warriors for that. And the Clippers and the Kings. Clippers. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the standings right now for the Bucks, like I said before, the Celtics, you know, they're one and two. Sorry, Sixers. I mean, like I said, the Nets are not too far off. I mean, they're far off of the first seed, obviously, but they're not too far off in terms of, you know, contention-wise. Even my Knicks, we're still six, but we're, we're, we're there. As long as we stay away from the playing tournament bracket part. I guess dangerous is to be, in, like, at sixth place right now. It used to be dangerous to be an eighth seed. <laughs> now it's dangerous to be a sixth seed because of the playing tournament. So, yeah, and as for the West, I mean, that you know, Grizzlies still number one. and I mean, like, Grizzlies, excuse me, the Nuggets are number one, and the Grizzlies are number two. But look at the Kings. The Kings are number three. Number three. I'm like, man. Mike Brown's doing doing a great time over there coaching them. Because I'm looking like the Kings? I mean, they've been trash for years. Years. I mean, I, I remember more or less when, when Mike Bibby was playing and um, uh, Chris Weber. I mean, honestly, they're the one, two, they're the two people I think of when you br- bring up anything with the with the Sacramento Kings, because yeah, because they've been trash for a while. <laughs> so that's good for them. I mean, I know they they're right now above the Clippers right now, but you know things can change now since we're coming to the home stretch of getting to the playoffs. You got the Suns as fifth. You got the Mavericks that's six and seven with Timberwolves. Yeah, Pelicans are eight. Warriors they're not terribly too far from it. And the Lakers, I mean, they're getting somewhere. And poor Spurs and the Rockets, two teams out of three in Texas that are like roughly dead last. So, yeah, yeah, things are changing. Things are changing indeed. But up next, we're going to talk about some hip-hop, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, now we're coming up to the one of the final topics in the podcast. Is again, we're talking a little bit more with some hip-hop history for you. Um, throughout the time frame, too... Um, you know, there's been unique sounds that came from different areas around the nation, too. Um, hip-hop, obviously, you could say it was obviously originally over there in New York City, and we talked about that a little bit, but, you know, the sound is as it traveled through other areas of the nation, right? Because you got somewhere, you know, going all the way to the West Coast, right? With the West Coast sound and everything, too, with that bounce. Like, down, 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 down. You know, with Dr. Dre and all of them coming over with DJ Quick and so many artists that came over there too and making the music and making the beats. And then you have the Dirty South down south, bruh. Like the Outcasts and the Ludacris, the Little Johns and the TIs. You know what I'm saying? Migos. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we can keep going on. Goody Mob. 
bro. Come on now. I can keep going. And they all have their own unique sound. I mean, I know with the South, going back to them, at one point they weren't really taken as seriously because I guess during that time frame, especially within that 90s section, you know, you're talking with the sounds that was coming from New York, right? They were saying New York pretty much was like the only part of this of the area that would actually have that hip hop and nothing else, right? And then we also had that West Coast, East Coast beef back then as well, which was, whew, was something there, right? But then you think of Outkast and one of my favorite artists, Andre 3000, mentioned about that the South got something to say. The South got something to say. And from that point on, you know, put South in anywhere in the South up on the map, right? You can go as far down as Louisiana, cash money, young money, you know what I'm saying? Little Wayne, Juvenile, Burmain, Manny Fresh, all of them, you know what I'm saying? Um, the whole crew making their own sounds from there, too. Texas, same thing. You got Paul Wall, you got Slim Thug, you got a lot of them down there. Uh, UGK, a lot of them. So, this is, so there's so many people mixing Nelly too with St. Louis with the St. Lunatics too. Can't forget about them. You know, there's so many artists that brought in two different sounds of music coming from different parts of the nation. Even going up to the Chi Town, you can't, you know, I can't forget about them <laughs> with Common and Kanye West, with Lupe Fiasco and Twista. You know what I'm saying? Um, so many people. And then, of course, <laughs> I'd be reminiscent if I don't forget about my own area, Virginia Beach, right? The whole area of Virginia. You know, you think of artists and producers like The Neptunes and Clips, Missy, Timbaland, Magoo, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Fam Lay. A lot of artists, a lot of hip-hop artists that came through there from there making that sound. Because, I mean, I, you know... It, it, we all had our different sounds and we had, had our different sections of it and it it's populated now more than ever as it comes to different states you know you got the tennessee area too you know i consider i mean i don't i, I consider that the south too you know three six mafia and all of them too um um with money bag yo and all of them too and um north carolina you know, J. Cole and all of them in Dreamville, too. So it, it, it scatters everywhere, right? And there's always been a different sound coming from different areas, too, that made it so unique for hip-hop, right? Um, I guess you could say, like I said, around the 90s part, you know, you had that East Coast, West Coast type of vibe going down there. And definitely as it gave to the late 90s and early 2000s, everybody wanted to get crunk and go down south, you know what I'm saying, with that twang. And that's Southern Bounce. Oh, yeah, shout out to um, Youngbloods, too, as well. One of my favorite rap groups, too. And, you know, that that was really huge. And that's what changed a lot and evolved hip-hop the way it is, too. So, you know, you got you to gotta take credit for a lot of those sections around the area, too. It's, sure, you know, it came from New York. And some people still might be prejudiced against the fact that, oh, no, it's just this section, that's it. But... You know, you got to give credit where credit's due, where hip-hop has been reshaped and resurfaced around every part of the area, right? You go into the Bay Area, you got E-40, Too Short. You know, shout out to Sway with them, too, as well, with King Tech. So, um, you know, so many, so many people that came through there, and, you know, new artists still, you know, coming out there, right? You know, you got Simba. And the Russell, one of two of my favorites coming from there right now, currently. And, oh, God. They wrap their butt off, that's for sure. You know what I'm saying? And you, you, they're all over the place. Every Everywhere you go. And it's been growing. But just those general areas, they all made what hip-hop is now. Right? And it's, it's still going. So that's why I thought I would pay homage today, especially with that sound coming from different sections. Don't worry, I'm going to get to the artist's different artists specifically depending on you know what they do and what they're known for but i thought i would bring that some light into there as, as how far different sound and different um beats you know coming from different time obviously 
throughout the years, but also do different sections of the actual state and nation itself. Um, yeah, you know, overseas, same thing. I mean, even even brought that over there. You know, you think of Japan, in Africa. You know, there's there's been a lot of you know influence through there too, going overseas. So there, there's a there's a lot there's a lot coming from there too. So they all have they all they all have a big pin into what hip hop history is and what hip hop is now. So, but that was my little quick thing about the hip hop history section of that, and that should be about it for the podcast section. Thank you guys for listening as always. Um, you guys can have yourselves a wonderful week and weekend, and I will talk to you guys soon. Later. <laughs>